following Jesus and learning about God's love is an adventure of a lifetime. It has its ups, its downs, its twists, and its turns. But don't worry, not even for one second, you are never alone. That's today on the podcast. Marisa from the Tower Hill production team. Thank you so much for listening into our Tower Hill podcast. Whenever or wherever you're listening, we hope this podcast blesses you, and we hope that you feel free to share it with someone that you know so that they'll feel blessed too. The summer is not over yet, and the adventure continues. In fact, we have a new summer series, and this time, Pastor Jason is joined by his good friend, Pastor Jesse. Jason and Jesse host a leadership podcast together, and now they're joining up to co-teach this new summer series that talks about Jesus and learning about God and how you are never alone. So let's check it out right now. Good morning, Tower Hill. It's a blessing to be with you this morning. Welcome to worship. And if you're worshiping with us for the very first time, a very special welcome to you. We're so excited to have you and uh, hopefully get a chance to interact with us if you're watching live. And if you're watching on replay, you could always reach out by email. We'd love to get to know you. Well, as we're getting ready to worship today, just a quick announcement I wanted to share with you about our thinking about reopening and what that's going to look like in phase two of Tower Hill's reopening and what we're going to do is, you probably have seen the video that talked about our plan, but as you know, plans continue to change, it seems, day by day. What we would love is to get your input. So look out this week, you're going to get in your email, uh, you're going to get a link to a survey that's all about reopening. We're going to ask you a whole bunch of questions so that we can get a sense of where our people are and what it is that they're expecting or hoping for or planning to do once things start Reopening. So if you could take a few moments of your time and fill out that survey, that's going to be a huge help to us as we figure out all of our reopening plans. Thank you so much. Well, this month we're starting a new sermon series, and we're doing it in a little bit different way. Actually, a lot of it different way. Uh, in that, we are, I'm going to be team teaching this series with my good friend Jesse Skiffington, who is the pastor at Marine View Presbyterian Church in Tacoma, Washington. And we recorded this last week a little intro video for the sermon series, and so here it is. Good morning, Marine View. Good morning, Tower Hill. This is Pastor Jason here with Pastor Jesse, and we're so excited to kick off this new sermon series that we're doing in a little bit unconventional way. We decided that we were going to kind of help each other out during the month of August, and preach for each other while we're away, but also to get a chance to do something else, to do something different. And so, uh, Jesse, talk about this idea that you had when we were talking about doing this and getting into this sermon series. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Hey, Tower Hill, looking forward to getting to know you and uh, getting to share some things with you in the next month here as we do this kind of team series thing that Jason and I have been working on. So basically the way it's going to work is we're going to kind of team up today and you'll hear a little bit from both of us. Uh, and then I'm going to take a couple of sermons. Jason's going to take a, a couple of sermons. That way you guys get to hear for some different voices. Uh, but also we kind of get to take a break and step back a little bit. And uh, so looking forward to sharing, uh, Jason, this series with you and uh, to kind of, you know, we're going coast to coast here. Marine View, we're way out here in the Pacific Northwest. You guys are there in New Jersey. And so what a fun way to be the church together all month long. 
Absolutely. And this is something, Jesse, you and I get to do every week. With Jesse and I, we're friends from seminary. And I think the most important thing to add to that is we are champions, flag football champions that's right. from Princeton yeah. Seminary. I think and, that's and- a really crucial point to make right out of the gate, Jason. Well done. <laughs> And so we do a leadership podcast every week. And so we get to talk on Zoom all the time. But this seemed like a really great opportunity to do this uh, for our churches. And so we're excited to talk about this. And the topic, which I think is really important, has a lot to do with what we've all been experiencing during this pandemic. I mean, it's as we've been on lockdown, in a lot of ways, we're feeling kind of disconnected, definitely maybe disconnected from the church. And I'm sure everyone at at Marine View isn't, but you know, Lisa, we're all feeling a little bit disconnected. And what does that mean for our faith? What's God calling us to next? I don't know if you want to say a little bit more about our new series. Yeah, that's that's where we're going. We want to talk about the adventure that we get to live as followers of Jesus. And, and we're going to kick that off today as we, we talk about what does it mean to say yes to the gospel and begin to follow and something that we can do for the first time, but certainly throughout our lives. Every day, we have the opportunity to live that adventure. And so this is kind of an opportunity to kind of just to come back to the heart of our faith and to, to move forward through kind of this, this adventure that we're all living and making our way through for in the first time. So uh, I can't wait to share more. Jason's going to tee it up a little bit more in the message in just a moment, but glad that we get to do this together, Jason and Tower Hill, Marine View. So glad that we get to share this time together. All right, so our sermon series, Never Alone, Your Adventure Awaits. I think for some people, maybe you're feeling this way during the pandemic, is it's almost like you've hit a pause button, not just on everything else in your life, but even your faith. And and usually this happens by accident, but it happens all the same. I was at summer camp in the Poconos this last week with with kids, and I was speaking to them about this, and I asked them a question. I asked them, how many of you ever feel bored in church? Now, they didn't know what to do with this at first, because like the pastor's asking me if I'm ever bored in church, and they all slowly, I said, it's okay, you can be honest, and they all kind of slowly raised their hands, and then the adults did too, so. And this just brings to the point that like some people then think that faith is an exercise of boredom. Because they've been conditioned to think that it's very passive. You go, you attend a church service, you receive information, you have an experience, and then you go on with your everyday life. And I was trying to explain to the kids that if that's the case, then I'd be bored too. Because the Christian life isn't just what happens on Sunday morning. Sunday mornings is a critical part of that. I mean, the church, the word for church in the New Testament is ekklesia, which means gathering. So it's those who are gathered together. Gathering is a really important thing for the church to do. But it's not the end-all, be-all of the Christian experience. What happens between Sundays? It's like if I were to say to you, uh, the only way that you can be healthy is you need to eat one meal a week every Sunday morning. Now, not only will you be miserable, but you're not going to be very healthy in the process. Well, it's the same thing with our faith, right? If you're leaning on the Sunday morning meal to do everything, it's never going to work. It's going to bore you. It's It's not the adventure that Jesus has called you to live, the daily saying yes to what he is offering. And I know it's hard sometimes to move forward in faith, but I also think we're really good at making excuses. My favorite excuses, you've heard of WWJD? Well, I have another one. It's 
B-I-F-J. All right, maybe it doesn't roll off the tongue quite as nice, but it's before I follow Jesus. And this is what happens when we're kind of stalling to say yes to what Jesus wants. Before I follow Jesus. And the first is, I need to gather all the information. So I'm feeling God calling me to go do something, or I'm feeling the pull, the inner pull of my spirit toward God. But before I say yes, I need to gather all the information. I, and for these people, it's like you can't give them enough Bible studies. You can't give them enough theological training. There's never enough because they're looking for every piece of information before they make a decision to move forward. Now, if I had that criteria for everything else in my life, I'd never do anything. Because you never have all the information. And in fact, that's what faith is for. You're taking a step trusting that Jesus is the one who has all the information. But that being said, it is important to love God with your mind. He talks about that. You have to get your mind around it. You have to have some information to put your faith in Jesus and to trust him. But to be like, no, I'm going to wait until I have everything. I got a color-coded spreadsheet with every possibility and every piece of information. I think it's a bit of a stall tactic. Here's my other favorite one. I need to be convinced supernaturally. And that's the kind of like, Lord, if this light turns green, I will follow you today. Lord, if that lady slips on a banana peel, I will laugh, and then I will follow you. <laughs> Just kidding. But it's like we're looking for signs everywhere, and we're asking God to deliver these signs that we come up with. Lord, you know, let the blue balloon drift into the air. You know, I mean, we have all these different things. And the funny thing is, is that the Lord is constantly convincing us supernaturally, just not in the way that we're always asking. And so, therefore, we're not always open to it. But it's like anything less than Jesus coming and sitting on my couch, it's like, well, you know, he could convince me if he wanted to. But you know what happens is, again, that becomes a stall tactic. Well, if Jesus just were right in front of me, I would believe. Really? I don't know. He was right there for the disciples. They saw everything he did. They received all the teaching firsthand. They saw his miracles, and they still all scattered when it mattered most. And then the third is, I got to wait till things calm down in my life before I follow Jesus. I have to have suitable life circumstances. You know, I'm just a little busy right now, but when things calm down, I get a little more free time, then I'll pursue what I feel God calling me to do. And of course, it's never not crazy. There's always stuff going on. And in fact, following Jesus through the difficult, crazy times is the best time to follow. Not waiting for everything to calm down. Well, you know, I just need everything to, I need everything to just kind of calm down. It's a lie. It's a lie that we tell ourselves. And you know what happens? We get stuck. And, you know, it's sort of like this is the nature of progress. You know, you're either moving forward or you're moving backward. You're never staying the same. Now, you can make excuses or you can make progress, but you can't do both. This is the life of faith. This is the journey of faith that he's calling us on. I was thinking about this topic, Never Alone, and where this idea came from was I was doing what many of you were doing during the pandemic, watching Netflix, and I came upon this show, Alone, which is on the History Channel, and it's a reality show where about 20 contestants go out into the wilderness and they basically just have to survive. And whoever survives the longest wins half a million dollars. It's pretty cool. So uh, I got in, started getting into the show and 
they really put them out there. I mean, this season that I watched, they put them out in the Arctic. They're allowed to take like 10 items of their choosing. They have a choice of items they can take. And, you know, you're just kind of watching them survive, and they're encountering wild animals. And some guy killed a wolverine with, a, with an axe. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, like, they didn't show it. But a lot of crazy stuff happens, and you're seeing them experience hunger, and you're sitting there eating your popcorn and kind of wondering if that's right. I don't know. And, and you're watching it. Sometimes they get sick, like they eat the wrong berries, or sometimes they, a couple of them burnt their dwellings down accidentally. And... You, you know, some of them, they end up tapping out because they're just lonely. They feel too alone. They can't handle the isolation. And I was about halfway through this season when I realized something. They're not really alone. I mean, they are in the sense they give each person a, like a camera pack, GoPro and everything so they can record their experience. But they're not really alone. At any point, they can get on the satellite phone and they can tap out. They can get airlifted to safety. And the emergency crew is there almost instantly, it seems. They're not too far away. And then as the season goes on, they get medical checks from the same crew every week. So they'll come in by boat or helicopter. They'll come in to make sure that they are still healthy enough to continue. So they're not really alone. And I was thinking if there's a faith equivalent to that, I think it's this journey of faith where Jesus is calling us out and saying, follow me. And when we do step out, it can feel very vulnerable. We can feel alone. We can feel like we're not sure if we're going to be supported. And yet we're never really alone. And in fact, even more so than the show, Jesus is with us every step of the way. But sometimes we have to be reminded that he is because it feels like we're really putting ourselves out there. So what does this all mean in the context of following Jesus? That's what we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks. Now, I'm sure during this pandemic, you may have been feeling a bit alone. Maybe feeling pretty isolated. Maybe like your faith is kind of in a holding pattern. Maybe you felt tired and anxious. Maybe you can identify with those feelings spiritually and maybe perhaps physically. You've been feeling those like you're just exhausted i remember you know early on in the pandemic i mean karen and i would look at each other like why are we so exhausted it's the the mental the emotional the spiritual exhaustion turns into physical exhaustion and then when you're tired you end up making poor spiritual decisions don't you maybe you're feeling a little disoriented you're not sure where to go or what's going on it's almost like maybe we're in a spiritual exile right it's like we're away from home and we're suffering because of it well over the next few weeks we're going to be looking at mark's gospel what i love about the gospel of mark is it's so fast it's so much shorter than the other three gospels because mark's whole way of writing is like and then this happened then this happened then this happened then this happened believe right it's sort of like uh my wife karen how she says she would preach a sermon like jesus loves you Stop sinning, believe in him, amen, you know, <laughs> which is great. And I think in this gospel, we see right away Jesus' call to a different way of life that isn't waiting for all the information or for supernatural signs or for your life circumstances to change. Let's get into it now. This is the gospel of Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 14. 
After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The time has come. Repent and believe the good news. This word repent, I feel like we have a little bit of baggage around. Maybe you can envision the guy at the football game right next to the John 3.16 guy. Right, with the big cut, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, or the guy on the New York City street corner. Repent for the time is at hand. Repentance is something that brings up a lot of emotion for us. Why? Because it's not something we want to think about a lot. I don't want to think about the catalog of my sins and why I need to say sorry and ask God to forgive me. I mean, I want to do it because I want to be forgiven, but there's that part of me that says that that's That's a really hard thing. That's a hard thing emotionally when we think about just how bad things are in our spirits. But what I love about this is Jesus isn't just saying repent. He's saying repent and believe. Repentance actually means to turn away from. That's what the word means. But I also think it implies a turn towards. It's not just about what we're leaving We're leaving this old life of sin behind. We're repenting. We're saying sorry. And we're turning from that towards something else. I think repentance is as much about what we're leaving to what we're going to. Repent and believe. Repent because I have a blessing I want to give you that I can't give you until you repent. What if repentance is more about what God wants for you than from you? Repent and believe. It's kind of like uh, if you're a baseball coach and you know, got a bunch of kids on a baseball team and you notice a kid come up there to hit and you notice that his stance is all wrong. Maybe he's got his, his elbow down when it needs to be up or maybe his feet are a little too close together. Or maybe his weight needs to be shifted or maybe his, he's not swinging level. You as a coach, what's the most loving thing that you could do? Just let it slide? No. You want to correct them. Why? Not because you're mean, because you want to hit the ball. You know the kid's going to have a lot more fun hitting the ball than striking out. I think there's a similar thing going on with repentance and belief. That God's correcting us, not to punish us, quite the opposite, but to give us the blessing of this life with him. To show us how to hit the ball so that we enjoy the game. I think Jesus wants to give us something more than he wants something from us. Because the truth is, our spiritual exile is self-imposed. We decide that we don't want the correction. We decide, we're going to wait before I follow, and then we stall. Well, to take us the rest of the way this morning, I'm going to hand things over to Pastor Jesse. Thanks, Jason. Uh, Such a great way to kick off our series, uh, diving into this idea of never alone, that because of Jesus, we really can trust that God is with us and that this life as followers of Jesus really is an adventure to be lived. And we don't have to wait until the pandemic is over to get after it, to really live uh, a life with Jesus, to live that adventure. Uh, So I want to say hi again to you, Tower Hill. Hello, Marine View. Great to be with you today. Uh, I look forward to uh, you folks at Tower Hill sharing some more of my story. The next couple of weeks, we're going to get to spend time together in the messages. And so really looking forward to that. Uh, And just want to encourage you, if if following Jesus is a new thing for you or something you're just considering 
whether you're here on the West Coast or the East Coast, your life with Jesus can begin today. You can say yes to Jesus today. And if it's a continuing point, if you're living your life as a follower of Jesus, but you need to refocus or just kind of dive in again to that adventure, this is a great time to do that. Now is a really great time to focus in on Jesus, on what matters most. Because disruption has a way of clarifying what life is really all about, what our life, faith, and relationship should be all about. So I hope you're leaning in during this series. You know, my kids at home, Addie and Will, they're 8 and 10, and uh, so they're really digital natives. They get it about computers and how everything works. And so although uh, virtual school and remote learning hasn't always been their favorite thing, they've been able to dive in and get after it and, uh, and that kind of thing. But when I was growing up, uh, computers were kind of a novelty at school still. And I remember the computer that we had in the computer lab at a school where I went to elementary school uh, up here in the Pacific Northwest had an Apple IIe computer, a handful of them. And we got to go there from time to time to do mostly typing class. But every so often we got to play this old game called the Oregon Trail. You can still find it now. You can go actually play it online if you like. But you got to go and uh, on this adventure from the Midwest on the Oregon Trail all the way out to the West Coast. And the thing I loved about the Oregon Trail is that it was an adventure that moved you from point to point and it had some ups and downs along the way. But if you go to the start menu, uh, the Oregon Trail, and the very first thing you say, see is, is a couple of options. And you can choose one, travel the trail, or two, learn more about the trail. And you can lean in and start going for the adventure, or you can uh, sit back and just learn a little bit more. But today what Jason and I are saying is we want you to say yes to the adventure. We want you to say yes to traveling the trail, uh, to, to say yes to following Jesus. Don't hit the pause button of your normal routine of Sunday worship because that's all been disrupted. Say yes and hit the trail. Move forward to discover more of who Jesus is and what Jesus means for your life. You don't have to wait. I love what happened right after the passage Jason read uh, just a little bit earlier. When Jesus announced that the time was now that the kingdom of God had come, there was a call to repent and to believe the good news. And then immediately after that, Mark keeps his account of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus moving right along. And this is what Mark writes in his gospel. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Two invitations. Come follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. See, for fathers of Jesus, there is an adventure to be lived. There is an adventure in following, and for Peter and Andrew, for James and John, that adventure is going to come with a mission too. See, Jesus is all about inviting people into God's kingdom as active participants. Turn from what you were doing before. Come and follow me. In other words, it's really an adventure to be lived, not just talked about. Life with Jesus is more than just words we say or a Sunday morning service. It's a life lived with Jesus and his community, a life that impacts the world, a life in which you get to learn more about Jesus as you walk with him along the way. When the disciples responded, when they put down their nets to follow Jesus, they were saying yes to an adventure, yes to an adventure that they knew little about, but they would learn and they would grow 
as they followed Jesus. And we really have that same opportunity. We have the opportunity to respond to Jesus' announcement about the kingdom of God. We have the opportunity to say yes to his invitation to follow. So your assignment this week is to think about the start screen. To think about uh, saying yes to traveling the trail. Maybe this is your first time and you're stepping out into this new adventure for the first time. We're going to talk a little bit more about that next week. Maybe this is something that you built your life on and have done before, but make a choice. Consider saying yes again and then get ready to hit the trail. And then join me next week, and we're going to talk more about the importance of guides and supplies and the adventure of faith, the things you need as you navigate through. We're going to look at the story of Saul and his journey to get to know and follow Jesus. See, the pandemic left us feeling like we were maybe in spiritual exile, like we're kind of on a pause mode for a little bit. But it doesn't have to be that way. Jesus came to call you, to call me, to come and follow, to be a part of his kingdom, to live the adventure of faith with him. The question is, are you ready to say yes to Jesus? Are you ready for the adventure? What is your choice? Let's pray. God, we do give you thanks for the time that we get to wrestle with your word, to be inspired by the beginning of Jesus' ministry as he announces and proclaims the news that your kingdom has come. And then he calls those first disciples to follow him, to begin that adventure with him. So God, I would ask for each person listening, that you would help us to make a choice to begin that adventure with, with you or to continue that adventure. Adventure awaits. And the good news in the midst of the adventure, we're never alone. You are right here with us. You surround us with community to help us along the way. So God, we give you thanks for Tower Hill. We give you thanks for Marine View. Would you help each one of us to wrestle with and to consider making that choice to say yes to the adventure? Thanks, God, that you love us. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, 